find the three things that make sense and then just focus, put all the fire behind that and then get the results. And then if you want more results, put more wood behind that same fire rather than try something else. And if you're not getting results from that, iterate a little bit. If you're still not, then you can dial it back to where it was effective and then see you about adding other things. Welcome to Make Your Marketing. I'm your host, Pia Larson, Chief Imagination Officer here at Fingerprint Marketing. Just like other small business owners, I had to learn how to navigate marketing and found there was no such thing as an automatic when it comes to driving your business. You need to know how to shift. That said, there's no reason to stall or come to a stop. With the right guide, you can be in the driver's seat and lapping your competition in no time. Today, my guest is Bruce Spur, co-founder and CEO of GrowYourCenter.com. He's had 20 years of digital marketing experience, beginning his career as an entrepreneur while in college. He began offering his digital marketing services in 1998, seems so far away. And by 2013, he had grown a seven-figure agency out of it while simultaneously co-founding or investing in 13 other businesses. Wow. Bruce's digital marketing services has allowed him to transform the lives of many business owners and nonprofits. His work has directly contributed to nearly $100 million of additional revenue to small, medium-sized organizations. When Bruce isn't hard at work, most of his free time is dedicated to his family. He's a proud father of an energetic, relentless, happy toddler named William and a baby named Lucas. Bruce is ready to help the child care owners tackle their digital marketing and get them noticed in the noisy world we live in. So we spoke with Bruce about marketing your small business, not just for childcare owners, but any kind of service industry business. And I think you're going to find a lot of great takeaways from this interview. Well, hello, Bruce Spur. Thanks for joining me on the podcast. Uh, It's lovely to see you and lovely to be here. (laughs) So where does this podcast find you in Canada? I'm in Ottawa, capital. Nice. Uh, uh, For people who don't know Ottawa, because not a lot of people know, Toronto, Montreal, it's like a triangle. (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah, it's on my bucket list. I haven't been there. What's your favorite part about Ottawa? Ooh, uh, I think it's a lot of the green spaces. It's very easy city. It's a million people plus, but it's um, there's a lot of bike paths. You can really bike around the whole city, barely crossing any streets. A lot of rivers and, and parks and stuff. So it's done a good job. Good Beautiful. Job yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. So I brought Bruce on the podcast because for several reasons, he, he's a rock star in, in, in marketing, but he's also been my marketing and business coach in the past and helped fingerprint marketing grow. I've kind of watched him. Uh, work in different industries. And I've always been impressed with the gold that comes out of his campaigns and his strategy. So I wanted to bring him on to let's, you know, talk about what's not working, what's working today. 
I'm curious for listeners out there, what are some misconceptions that you hear daily on, on marketing your small business? I think the biggest detriment I find with small business owners, a lot, it's a lot different. I've worked with corporate clients, we've worked with small business owners. Small business owners are spending their own money. So, right. uh, you know, it's a lot harder to con- convince somebody to spend $5,000 a month than to convince a corporation to spend $50,000 a month because there's they're not, you know, somebody working the corp is not spending their own money. It's spending the company's money. They're, you know, they're just uh, covering their, they're just there to do a good job. Uh, actually, do, do job number two, <laughs> cover their ass, number one. <laughs> That's right. their number one thing is not to get fired. Number two is to try and get results, you know, but they'd rather not get fired than get results. So there's a right. different problem there. With small business owners, I find the biggest challenge is uh, not a lot of small business owners like to spend money on advertising. So they don't seem to, they seem okay with spending money on marketing services. Like they'll hire somebody to maybe do some SEO or, or to run ads. But when it comes to the media spend, you know, they'll, they'll become cringy a little bit there. And I, I mean, we have one client that a while back, uh, she used to call every month and freak out. Uh, she has a, like a $9 million a year turnover business. And we probably added a million and a half of dollars in the first like three, four months of doing some, some work with her advertising on Facebook and Instagram. And that she f- used to freak out about the $2,000 in media she was spending every month. I'm like, <laughs> like <laughs> she was like, can we, like, I let, she didn't mind paying us. She never once complained yeah. about the fee she, she charged, we charged her, but it, the media spend was where she panicked. And literally every month she was sending me an email, getting on a call. Finally, I, had, I was like, listen, um, you know, you got to either like relax and let this go. Like in the grand scheme of things, like the million and a half dollars is is nothing compared to the $2,000 a month in media spend you're putting in. Like it makes, I mean, it means zero sense. It's so, is such an emotional response rather than a logical kind of uh, uh, piece. And, and I find that a lot of small business owners hate spending money on advertising. It's, they feel like it's a waste of money. Like marketing should just happen with effort rather than with like actual putting money in media. And I, and I yeah, it's a mindset thing, right? It is a hundred percent. me, Pia is a hundred percent mindset thing. Yeah. So it, and despite the numbers, right? I mean, you're not you're not just paying for something. You're not seeing the the results. Right. right. <laughs> right. That's the crazy part is like you get results, and you're like, and they're like, well, maybe we get these results another way. I'm like, well, why? Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I think my number one, you know, there was uh, Phil Jackson, the, the, the basketball coach, uh, famous of the Chicago Bulls, you know, in the '90s, uh, with one of the most winningest coaches of all time. He had this saying. He had have a team on the floor, and he says, if they're scoring points. And playing great D, don't change it. Like, don't change what seems to be working. Don't rest the players. Don't rotate them through. Don't run your pl- whatever your plan might be. Just you know, let once you find a winning combination, you you just stick with it for as long as that right. produces you results. And then when things aren't working, that's when you want to kind of like shake things up or move things around or really look at it deeper. Maybe you have to stick to it a little bit longer or whatever. But I find a lot of business owners, they just like, they like to gravitate to, they have a smaller budget and they like to gravitate to, to, to the latest, biggest trend. You know, they'll talk, they'll see things about marketing funnels. They'll see things about, you know, TikTok or whatever. And they're like, what, if, what can we do something there? I'm like, well, this is working and it's building your business. Like, yeah. don't change what works. Um, 
That yeah, so it feels like you have to kind of continually educate them. It's almost like going to the doctor and saying, I saw this ad for this pill that's going to make me like really strong and, you know, sexually viral. <laughs> right, right. Like, wait a minute, doc, ginseng. Like, you got to heard of ginseng, right? But it's a special form yeah. of ginseng that's, you know, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so I'm the sure bottom you're... line is trust your marketing strategist and, and trust your guide, right? Well, I mean, I would trust them if they're producing results. Right. right. Trust the results is, I guess, the main thing is that yeah. if you have a machination that's working, stick with it. Like, don't change yeah. it. Just stay with it. Grind it out. Put more effort into it. Actually, Google had this funny thing um, a long time ago, back in 2007, 2008. Um, they were working on, they had search, and then they're working on Gmail, and they're working on like like about 10 or 20 products at the same time. And they ended up cutting like 80% of the products they're working on. And the, the idea was, even a multi-billion dollar corporation, they said, we're going to put more wood behind fewer fires. Mm. So, and, and do, so we're, we, you know, instead of spreading the thing around and constantly cutting, like if you ever built a fire, you have to coax it at the beginning and get yeah, it going and yeah. blow on it and, you know, get the kindling going and, you know, making sure, and you have to tend it a lot more, but once it's raging, it's a lot easier. Just throw a log on it and pretty much do whatever it needs to do. Right. Yeah. So what you want to do in your business is build a bonfire rather than like spread, spread it around on 10 things, find the three things that make sense. And then just focus, put all the fire behind that and then get the results. And then if you want more results, put more wood behind that same fire rather than try something else. And if you're not getting results from that, iterate a little bit. If you're still not, then you can dial it back to where it was effective and then see you about adding other things. That would be yeah. one of my top sort of strategies. And as an agency, we, we started off doing just three things. Most agencies will do you know, a lot. They want to take on as much of your marketing as possible. But I was like, you know, there's three things that work, work extraordinarily well. It's that 80-20 principle, you know, yep. um, either producing 80% of the results. Let's put all the wood behind those fires. And now recently in the last three months, we've started expanding on that fourth pillar. And then, you know, and probably at the end of the year, we might add a fifth service. But yeah, slow. It's, slow. It comes down to resources too, right? So I'm guilty of it. I have a a team of about 10 and just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do something. So, you know, I'm doing a podcast that's, that's, you know, this is kind of new for me, but this is more fun and more connection and um, getting myself out of the everyday. But our big leads are, you know, SEO and content and networking, you know, so um, but every day I'm like, hmm, should I be on TikTok? Should I be right. on, you know, in Clubhouse, right? Right. And uh, you got to, it's like, stop it. Right. <laughs> Focus. Well, I, I have a bunch of entrepreneurial friends on my Facebook page and they're all talking about Clubhouse. And then somebody was like posted or like, you're not on Clubhouse. I don't understand. He's like, how much money is Clubhouse making you? They're like, well, nothing that <laughs> building an audience. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I'll see you in five years. You know, Facebook and Instagram is generating me like $7 million a year. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, he'll he'll move over when it's a more mature platform. Yeah. So I find in my conversations with businesses, I find that there's two things prevalent. One is they don't really have a grasp at how competitive and noisy. I mean, they understand it as a consumer, but they don't understand that it's no longer build it and they will come. Am I right? That's I mean, right. that's truth. That's a truth bomb yeah. right there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That. 
in the childcare space, it's uh, five, I hear the story the same thing again and again. You know, seven years ago, we were just relying on word of mouth marketing. We could fill up ourselves or get close to it. We barely spent any money on marketing. Then a bunch of competitors moved in, and then you know, and then and the world has gotten noisier, harder to kind yep. of differentiate yourself. And uh, and now they're eating. You know, those competitors, the supplies spread over more people. You've got to, you know, if you're not in a competitive industry already. That's just truth. You know, you're fighting for, for attention and then you're fighting against your competitors. There's like a double right. war going on constantly. And and especially during COVID, I mean, people were freaking out. It's like, I can't go to networking. I can't do all this stuff. I can't tell you how many people I talk to that are like, well, I have, you know, I'm a referral only business. Well, that's great right. until it's not. Right. Until, you know, until it, it dries up or, you know, you've, you've, gone through your sphere or whatever it is. Um, now, obviously, if you have a great service or a product, right. that's number one, right? right. So, you, you know, referrals, that's a that's a marketing uh, piece, but you need a backup, definitely need a backup. And then the other thing that I that I don't think that uh, most business owners are aware of is they think, oh, it's already been done. My competitors are already doing it. You know, they 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 don't understand that we're still actually in the pioneer days right 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 i mean there's so much there's so much runway right you know look at podcasting i mean yes you see podcasts everywhere but your competitors aren't doing podcasts i know agencies they're not doing podcasts i mean it's very few and far between you're just seeing it more right totally i i mean uh, i'll dial back to another truth bomb you just dropped is that you know i don't want to do the same thing as competitors doing like well, if it's working, <laughs> you got you. You know, they spend a lot of time and money getting it working. If it's working, you gotta like start there. That's a great place to start. Is just do what they're doing, but even the same or slightly better. And now at least you're competing in that space and you're diluting the the impact of what they're doing at the same time is taking some of that market share and then add something that's differentiated. And then the second one is, yeah, is, is sometimes you got to zig when everyone else is zagging. So, you know, I'll go back to that clubhouse example, um, which I made fun of saying, yeah, I'm not, you're not making money off it and you're spending six hours a day on it. You know what? It depends on what, where in your career path you are. Maybe spending six yeah. hours a day on a new platform, building an audience from scratch that may or may explode. Then there's lots of social media platforms that haven't exploded. You know that died eventually and just kind of faded when the when the trend kind of uh, died down. But you know, you in five years, Clubhouse with your 10 million followers might be the place where you're driving most of your business. And you're building today, you're seeding today for for a payoff in the future. But those are bets where being on something more mature platforms like Facebook and Instagram, those are places where the advertising platform is mature, the audience is fairly mature and stable. Um, It's constantly being updated and and there's still a lot of growth potential within it. And within that stability is opportunity. You can, uh, you can take advantage of some of those past experiences that other people have had and dial in your own flavor and make a big win out of that. So. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with looking at people that are doing it well, right? And and modeling on that and then putting your own twist on it. I think one of the 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 stops the stops that people make in their journey is they haven't done the branding work. They haven't right. done the deep dive, right? And you know, what makes you all that and a bag of fries, right? right? And who are you talking to? Are they on Instagram? Are they on LinkedIn? Where are they? 
So I know that you market child care centers and you've got a very successful business. Um, how do you have that conversation initially with a new prospect, you know, um, who, who haven't, they haven't really done the work, you know, where is the starting line? It's interesting because we actually do a reverse interview when we meet with clients. Uh, we interview them and to see if they're a good fit for us before we try and pitch ourselves. And, like um, and the reason is because it's very difficult to advertise and me too. Um, that's not probably the best hashtag in the world to use. <laughs> but, uh, myself also <laughs> product or service. Yeah. Like if you're um, like in the childcare space, if you're just another daycare and you have nothing really just differentiating you, it's really hard to pick out something that's unique and makes you unique. You're not going to get the same referrals. You're not going to same uh, word of mouth. You're not going to get the same pickup on a conversion on sales. Advertising exposes you and exposes more of what who you are. If you are an amazing business, delivers an amazing service and you're a diamond hidden jewel, then more people are going to see that and go, wow, look at that shiny thing over there. Let's go check that out. But if you're the same, same as everyone else, and you're just kind of the bland gray rock that you can find in the middle of the street everywhere, it's going to be like, well, there's just another one of those, you know, like what's a unique, yeah. what makes that, that unique. And that's, um, so when we speak to clients, we're looking for that differentiation. And um, once we hit upon it, then I can say, okay, our advertising and marketing is going to expose that piece and it's going to um, resonate with the parenting, uh, you know, with the parents in the, in, the, in the community. And then they'll come in and check you out. And then it's up to you to kind of sell them um, the rest of the way. We can generate the leads. You got to, it's an internal sale at that point. To kind of expand that out to any business, if it's not a good fit and it seems to be like, uh, uh, like them also kind of scenario, and they're just another same, 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 but not barely different Then uh, what we do is advise them on how to make the programming different, you know, and this could, you can apply this to anything, any kind of business, whether it's law or accounting or a chiropractic office or anything, you know, you can find something within it that can innovate. I remember watching uh, an episode of Mad Men. Do you ever watch that show? Oh, I love that show. I, I binge watched the whole thing. Did you? That's it kind of awesome. made me, it pissed me off because of the sexism, but it also right. was so entertaining. <laughs> right. Well, it's, it's a movie. It's set in the 60s, I guess. So. 50, 60s, yeah. yeah. So there's one part where they're pitching um, cigarettes, a cigarette company. And he's like, how do you make your cigarettes? He's like, well, we, we roast them. He's like, oh, there we go. Uh, you know, the brand cigarettes uh, roasted, you know, for 24 hours to perfection. And the guy's like, yeah, but everybody roasts them. It's just part of the process. And they're like, yeah, but, you know, you highlighting a specific part of your process really goes a long way. And there's a there's a chain of coffee companies here locally called Bridgehead. And uh, they opened up well, after the third coffee shop they opened. So their thing, their key to success was they roasted their own beans. And they opened a large rotisserie in one of their um, coffee shops, which was open to the public. So you could go in and see the whole setup and how they roast yeah. the coffee. And um, and then all of a sudden they went from three to, to 14 uh, coffee shops within like two years because of the six, because people had a reason to go there. They liked the coffee, but to give them the reason of why they like the coffee. So it was like, why do you like the coffee so much? Oh, they roast their own beans. And I'm like, oh, yeah. cool. I got to go check that out then, you know? And so it doesn't have to be it's something you re you invent. It can just be part it. of your business already. It can it totally. Now, 
For yeah. them specifically, they had, you know, they used organic fair trade beans and then they roasted them. They roasted them to perfection and they threw away like 20% of their beans at every stage. So they, there was a large cost structure to that to get up, to get a much better bean. And so, and the whole explanation is on the wall. And most people, most Bridgehead fans will tell you exactly what's on that wall. So there is a, there is a truth to it. You're not just highlighting mm-hmm. something that nobody else, you know, some, that everyone else might do. There is, um, but they've, They've taken that advantage and they've really leveraged it. So that's, you know, that, that's, that's part of it. I mean, Starbucks is, was, we're going to be your second home. Um, yeah. so they, you know, you'll notice you go into a Starbucks, it was the first coffee shop They had big comfy seats and, you know, that looked like something that was, you could see in your living room. It was really cozy. Now, now there's so many coffee shops that do that same thing, but Starbucks in the seventies and eighties was the first. So yeah. you can yeah. get that back. Shops are all plastic, you know, like the, the, the donut shops are so coffee. Yeah. You ever find yourself not able to reach your website company or your website's down and you have no one responding. So that's pretty scary when you rely on your website to bring in leads and, and close business. I was just on a call with a prospect today who uh, runs a large fishing establishment. They do fishing tours and teach uh, fly fishing and all sorts of fun things in Colorado. Their site was down for two weeks with no response from their website, guys. We do not want that to happen to you and your business. It is crucial that you always have your website up and optimized and loading fast and someone kind of in your back pocket to watch out for it. And that's something that we specialize here at Fingerprint Marketing. Uh, If you are interested in chatting about how we can um, be part of your toolkit and uh, make sure that you're never in that position of of not being able to reach your your web person, give us a call at 425-283-3943 or head on over to fingerprintmarketing.com and book a consult. What are you seeing today, 2021, that is interesting to you in your space? Like what, I know there's the tried and true, you know, a solid website, good branding, you know, SEO, but what has piqued your interest and what are you, what are you excited to, to explore more? I have my mind, but I want to hear yours first. So uh, I'm going to be a little boring. <laughs> and this goes back to a st- sports analogy. Um, at probably every sports movie and turnaround movie you've ever seen, the co- the new coach comes in, and the first thing he does with the team is he starts training the fundamentals. And he goes, without strong fundamentals, um, you just can't get fancy. And that's number one. Number two is teamwork, working together in a more integrated way. So my boring response to that question is websites um, people keep thinking websites is going to die and websites just continue to be, especially even in a millennial market or a Gen Z market, they still to be, they still tend to be places people go to get the major first impression of you after clicking on an ad or seeing you somewhere. They go there to get a sense of who you are. They're two, they're transactional. So e-commerce built in, booking services, doing something where you start that first engagement with the brand, whatever that looks like, booking your appointments, um, et cetera. Websites that do something, not just, you know, show off who you are. So that would be my first. And then that fundamental doesn't change. And the big thing that we've gone back to with websites is copywriting. 
Uh, websites tend to lean Definitely. very visual to design and people call it website design, but it actually should be called website copywriting because if you have crappy copy and a beautiful design, great. You made a great first impression, but it's like showing up on a date looking really good and then and then just talking about yourself. You open your mouth. You open yeah. your mouth, right? And, <laughs> and, I love that analogy. I'm going to steal that. That's awesome. Please do. So yeah. copywriting is a major component of that. And I think people under, un, like people, most website development firms will ask the client for the copy. Clients are not copywriters. Not, nope. You know, and copywriting is a skill. It's like, Yep. You know, it's the exact opposite of how we've all learned to write from school. It's we all learn write in this academic writing style, you know, um, from our from our perspective. Copywriting is from the client's perspective, from the from their from the client's client's perspective. You know, speaking to them directly, using you know con in a conversational format. You know, not creating emotion. Being emotional, being interesting, being unique, being on brand. You know, people write this boring, corporate sounding. Sounds like everybody else, you know, like, welcome to, you know, uh, Digital Services Inc. We love to, and it's all we, 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 and it has nothing about the experience that I, as a reader, will get. And then emotional experience, benefit-based experience, you know, it, curiosity, uh, some sort of personality drive, driven, drive, you know, driven component of it. Those are all the things that will differentiate. You want some awesome social media? Check out like Skittles's uh, Twitter account, for example. You know, oh, cool. always like just heavy. I mean, sarcasm, quirkiness, <laughs> humor. Like whoever runs that account is just is a bloody genius. You know, so copywriting goes a long way to tell a story. That's number one. Uh, number two is uh, email marketing. That's the second thing people keep saying it's dead. It's dead. Every year I see email marketing finally is dead. You know, email is more prevalent than ever before. Like, you know, I would say a good 30, 40% of conversions happen through email. And then I will add uh, text messaging on top of that um, and SMS, um, short driven text messaging campaigns. You have to be very careful with text messaging. It's yeah. short. It's, you don't want to be, you don't want to do it too often. It's not as uh, email. You can send nine a day text messages. You don't want to send nine a day. You, you're very intrusive yeah. to people's lives. So you have to be a little. Well, it's very personal too, very right? Personal. It's like you're, yeah, it's very close to, to the person. And, and don't, and so if we're there, that's when you want to be very, you want to be a human texting a human. You want to eliminate any kind of branding, any kind of corporate speak, anybody. You would be like, Hey Pia, it's lunchtime. If you're hungry, we got a two for one coupon down at the, you know, the salad bar, the pizza place, the Italian restaurant, you know, it's been a while since we've seen you. We'd love to have you back. You know, we've got this new yeah. cool Alfredo sauce. I think you might love, you know, or let us know how we're doing or let us know how, you know, we'd love for you to try it and let us know what you think. You know what I mean? Like it's got to be personality driven, some sort of, you know, benefit to the end user. So the copywriting matters a lot there too, texting, because it's such a short sentence too. Well, I think they fall, I think people fall short because they don't want to take the risk, right? They don't, first, they don't have a good feeling for who they are and who they're speaking to. And then they don't want to take the risk because what if they scare people off? Well, if you're scaring people off that you know are, are not your client, then you're not going to lose, right? That's the, the, my favorite advertiser. His name is uh, Roy H. Williams, he wrote these books called The Wizard of Ads. And he, his main, thesis for advertising is called the risk of insult is the price of clarity. So you got to put can you repeat that? I like that. The risk of insult is the price of clarity. 
If you want to stand out from a busy marketplace, you got to do something that differentiates you. So if you ostracize 20% of your market, fantastic. Okay. I'm not, I can't remember if I'm allowed to swear on this podcast, Pia, but I'm going to oh, talk Yes, to you. you are. <laughs> <laughs> so fan-fucking-tastic because you just... <laughs> You, I just probably alienated thirty percent of your of your audience that is not going to like me because I dropped an f bomb. But f bombs are part of my brand and my identity. And yes, part of who I am. They come, you know, I use them to emphasize things, just as I did now. And that means, but that what that does is it connects me to the bottom thirty percent. I should call it bottom. <laughs> I'm right there with you, brothers. <laughs> not the top. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for all the elitists ones who want to keep clean language, I'm sorry, I'm not the right brand for you. But if you're right. You know, but if, if that resonates with you, if that makes sense for you, if you don't mind one of those once in a while in our conversation, then I am a good, I could possibly be a good fit for you, you know? So I may have alienated 30% of the market, but I have probably drawn and pulled in another 30% and captured their interest, captured yeah. their attention. Yeah. Now the middle market, I'm still fighting for a little bit. So I still got to add value within that, but man, like any, any business will crush with 30% of the market share. Like Apple's the biggest company oh, yeah. in the world. They own just over 30% of average market share for anything, for phones, for tablets, for computers, et cetera, you know? So. And there's a level of respect that you get too for standing in that confidence, right? Amen, sister. Hallelujah. Speak the yeah. truth. <laughs> I mean, I, I have a pretty... I don't know if it's shocking, but I tell everyone that I meet and I have nothing against these people, but I know that people who need to pray on it, light a candle or talk to their spouse about a decision are not a good fit for us. Mm. And the reason is because they're not ready to take immediate action, like right. follow their gut and just trust that this is a right. good process. So right. again, nothing against people that, that do that. They're just not a good fit. And right. I, I'm taking a risk, right? Because I right. might lose some people that that's the way they, they decide. And, you know, that's totally fine, but not for us. Right. Right. You want the quick pull trigger pullers rather than the sleep. Yeah. And that's a distinct market. Absolutely. So I love that. That's amazing. Well, I also have research that shows that quick decision makers tend to be very successful in their life because there's so much information out there and you kind of have to just, you, you got the markets moving. That's really, that's great information, Bruce. The other thing too, that I find is helpful is to create pictures in people's mind. So, mm -hmm. you know, the, the best example, right, is we are the Uber of, we are the Airbnb of, right? So immediately you're taking people to um, a connection. So in our business, I call myself the chief imagination officer. I also call myself the marketing crash test dummy. So you don't have to try things out. So can have you seen good examples of this? Or have you worked with people on this? Oh, it's uh, so kind of metaphorical ways to Yeah, it's a great question, actually. To be honest with you, I'm gonna have to sleep on that one and then think about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's a it's a it's just another way of speaking to your audience, right? Oh, to make that yeah. immediate connection. Yeah, you, I mean, definitely if you want to paint a picture, um, you can use this. I mean, those are similes, I guess, not metaphors when yeah. you use something like we're the Uber of, we're the, you know, you know, there's, there's, there's comparison. So you can, that's called piggyback branding, where you're using a, a larger brand to kind of uh, emphasize your own um, and help you build your brand identity. 
Um, mm-hmm. And when you're small and you use something big, it can make you look a lot better. So I, I define clients where like we've used Apple, you know, you can, you can, yeah. you know, and then say that, I mean, I've uh, ran a full service agency for many years, but more in the last couple of years have been just preschools and childcare centers. And there's a distinct difference between a Montessori school uh, and a, and a, you know, all the way to the other end, you would spray, you'd be a kind of a more traditional childcare daycare center. And you would compare one with like Apple, <laughs> you know, the Apple aesthetic, clean, mm-hmm. simple, a lot of white space, a beautiful design, um, mm-hmm. you know, f- everything matters in terms of aesthetics, where the other side, it's, it's, I mean, it's a little bit like, you know, the world kind of blew up a little bit and, and multicolored uh, school party. <laughs> technica- yeah, exactly. Like, uh, you know, a, yeah, exactly. Like a glitter party, a glitter bomb, a rainbow glitter bomb kind of blew up in the center. <laughs> and, um, and it's not to say that there's, you know, it's not a great center. The quality of care might be equivalent to both. Um, but the aesthetic is completely different. You know, and then in between is kind of like you would I call it the IKEA model, where you've got clean aesthetics, but IKEA is also very busy. Like you walk in or so much. But if you actually yeah. pay attention to IKEA, it's it's a lot, but a lot of clean aesthetic. They're the backdrop of which they showcase their stuff is very clean. Um, and they don't just drop you in there, they lead you with lead lines you. and paths. Which yep. is one of my favorite things we talk about with uh, with clients all the time. It's yes, how you, we describe marketing funnels as walking through IKEA. You know, you can lead your client through your sales and marketing process, or you can let them wander around the whole. You can you know you'd be a Walmart where you walk in, you're like, "Where's the sporting goods section? Where's you know?" Like, <laughs> and it takes you like an hour to find it because you can't find anybody with a you know the blue apron. So different experience. Yeah, I love that analogy. That's great. So I know that you are a an avid reader uh, when you have time, and you've recommended several good books. What are some of your favorite books right now, or some classics that you you want to share with the audience? One book that's excellent recently on leadership and creativity is called The War of Art. Oh, um, yeah. I have it here. Stephen Pressfield is his name. Yep. He's the author. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Exceptionally good book. I think it's a short read. It's not very long. It's um, for anybody who uh, doesn't want to kind of commit to a massive read. I, li- I bought it. I listened to it and then I bought it. So it's a really short read. It looks yeah. Like yeah. And it's, uh, it's really about winning creativity, like creative battles, um, like the creativity inside. And, and creativity is one of those, I think, superpowers of kind of uh, leaders, business owners. You don't have to be a creative person. Like I don't, I can't draw, I draw shitty stick figures and, Same. you know, um, <laughs> like I, I literally have no artistic talent whatsoever, um, or musical or anything, but, uh, Creativity is part parcel of everything you do. It's it's how you structure, you know, that IKEA, the way that they guide you through is a creative process. You know, the way they assemble everything is a creative process. Your website is a, is a creative process, not just of the pictures, but of the words, of the structure, of the layout. The, of the journey. Of the journey you take people yep. through. And your business is the same way. You know, um, I remember going to, um, I was uh, looking for a new lawyer at one point. I visited all these law offices and I had this one law office where I sat down and I remember the receptionist stood up, walked around the desk and handed me a bottle of water on a tray and then asked me if I wanted a coffee and led me to sit down in a chair. She was like, and I'll take your coat for you, hung it up. And she went back around the desk. I got to tell you, that's a very small thing, but who, which lawyer do you think I went with? You know, oh, yeah. um, and I'm paying a slight premium for their services. But I got to tell oh, you yeah. that, that receptive experience happens Human. every single time I go. 
So yeah. it's incredible. Yeah. I mean, it's been a while yeah. since I've been there, COVID, but. <laughs> and how do you figure, how do you do that in your digital world, right? How do you invite people onto your website as if you're, it's your second home, it's your, make them feel comfortable. I call it the, your website manner. Like, do you have good website manner? <laughs> well, one of the first so. things that, you know, on a website is a great experience. You come in, uh, what is the, what is the first thing they read on the big kind of image on the, you know, the things that we call the hero images. Yeah. Most people are like, welcome to, you know, so-and-so's law firm, you know, Jackson and Jackson law firm. I'm like, we've been in I business know, since 1962. Yeah. Right. Like I know, you, you know, where I'm at, I clicked on the link and I see your logo. I don't need to tell me where I'm yeah. at. You're wasting yeah. an opportunity. Like, tell me like, you know, 47 years of with a 92% win rate. We're here, you know, our clients have been with us. So those are interesting facts and figures, but most important to us is that we have multi-generational clients. Our, our, yeah. you know, the grandfathers, the fathers, now the sons and daughters are coming to us. You know, right. that would be like, I'm like, whoa, that's kind of cool. Like that gave me goosebumps a little bit going, okay. Um, yeah. Obviously these And then are- on the other side, it could be, uh, you know, this is not your grandfather's ad agency. So Com- for someone new. Right. Someone, you know, relevant, young, hip, you know, um, you know, you've got, I don't know, somebody doing a kickflip on a skateboard and I'm, now I'm dating myself. I don't know what's cool these days, with the, <laughs> what it means, but you know, oh, come on, you've got kids, you've got to be hip. Come on. Right. You're all, my, I've got four and a half year old. He thinks dinosaurs are still cool, which I love. So <laughs> um, until he outgrows dinosaurs and I'm screwed, but <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a powerful takeaway is, you know, welcoming and and again, to remind people, you literally have three seconds to capture someone's attention, make a connection and and persuade them to do the first thing, which is either pick up the phone, you know, fill out a lead gen form or, you know, buy. So, um, I mean, I'll uh, I'll challenge that a little bit. I would say the first thing you want somebody to do is scroll. Scroll oh, your yeah. site and read more because the more they read in your yeah. site, yeah, we have stats on this. We have, we have these long, we, we, we've tested out so many different um, layers to our websites. And what we found is that if people have these long scrolling sales pages with bite-sized chunk of information, uh, what happens is a mom and dad will read, review the site, come for the tour. Mom will know some things about the, organ- what, about the center. Moms, dads will know other things and there's very little overlap because they have scrolled through and we go average time on site goes from 30 seconds to three minutes. Every time we can get that average time on site to tick up on an average about 10, 15 seconds, we see the um, inquiry rate tick up slightly, but more importantly, the registration rate at the end of the cycle sales cycle goes up um, significantly. So the longer they spend on the website beginning, the more likely they are to get through that whole process and sign up at the end, which is really what you're looking for. So if you want more of a really good point, you know, so that's it. You want it. You want them to embed as much of your brand as possible and to build things in bite-sized chunks because it's like scroll, social media has taught us this. We scroll until yep. we see something that's interesting to us. We stop, we read, and we will read. We will consume. We will watch. We'll click on the video. Mm-hmm. We will watch until it's boring mm-hmm. and then we'll scroll. And at the end, um, through our sites, we lead them to the next step. You know, so on a preschool page, we go from general unique selling points. Maybe we'll have anywhere from seven to 20 of them on the homepage to how old is your child? Nobody can resist that question. 
you know, so they click on like because <laughs> they're there for a specific age child. So like, what's your, you know, yeah. are you there for corporate law or or personal law or you know, family law yep. or whatever? Or you know, uh, are you here for seafood? What's you know, what are you interested in? Seafood, uh, yeah. pasta, you know, what, what's your favorite kind of food? Whatever yeah. it is, you know, it's you an click, experience. An experience. You click on the next one. It takes them to that page, and then they scroll again. It's another long scrolling page. Yeah. And then at the bottom of that page, we go, hey. You want to book a tour? Hey, you want to come in? Then we ask yeah. them for the lead. We don't ask for the lead yeah. right away because we want them, the more they experience the site, the more likely they are to for the whole sales process to register. So we want them to click a couple times. We want them to experience and read and review a couple times. And then we want the information. If I get their information right away, it's it's basically a shitty lead that more likely yeah. not going to go anywhere. If I get they're looking at price, maybe they're looking yeah. at price. They're, they're kick at tire kickers. They're just going to go, wow, yeah. you got the most expensive option. Forget it. Um, I'm not yeah. even going to show up, but if they show up and then you tell them the price, people are like, well, but it's such an amazing school. You know, one of the, one yeah. of the parents is going to be an advocate, but doesn't little Johnny deserve to be here? Doesn't, you know, can we, <laughs> we should ask your mom to help us out, you know? Um, right. No, that's a, extremely valid point and the data supports it so two things statistic i read last week in 2021 92 of consumers will arrive at the consulting or the or the cart or whatever with all the information they need to buy like they've already educated themselves so if you are doing that heavy lifting for them and your competitors aren't you're going to win the game and then the second you know, valid data is Google is rolling out in May uh, some new ranking factors all around customer experience, because that's the bottom line. If you can't create an experience that captures the audience, you will not be on page one of search. So just what you what you outlined for our audience was perfect. You want to create bite-sized pieces of information and lead them through a customer journey. And then at the bottom, make the ask. So great stuff. Thank you so much, Bruce. I know that you're hiring at your agency. Where can people reach out to you? Um, you're specifically looking for what salespeople and developers? Oh, we got a long list of recs. Uh, sales. <laughs> uh, we're looking for a senior uh, strategist and data analyst. We're looking for an email marketer. We're looking for a website design developer. And uh, those are the main, uh, oh, and uh, copywriters. We're always looking for exceptional copywriters uh, to awesome. add to our roster. So we've got some part-time opportunities and full-time opportunities. And we uh, are a lovely place to work and we pay well. <laughs> Great. So where can people find you? Uh, go to growyourcenter.com. G-R-O-W-C-E-N-T-R.com. Grow your Y-O-U-R in the middle. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Spelling is not your strength. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> 100% truth. <laughs> Great. Well, this has been really eye-opening, and I've learned some stuff. I've actually taken quite a few notes. Um, you're always learning, right? And I uh, appreciate your time, Bruce. This has been really fun. Thank you. A pleasure to be at any time. guys thanks so much for listening to the make your marketing podcast i really hope you enjoyed this episode please visit our website for show notes and additional episodes at makeyourmarketingpodcast.com hey and don't forget to subscribe 
to the podcast and please consider rating and reviewing. This helps other potential listeners find us and share the goodies with them. And by the way, you can also email me because I'd love to hear from you. Email me at pia at fingerprintmarketing.com with feedback, questions, a topic, anything that you want to chat about. Thanks again for listening. Thanks for listening.